0: Everybody, and welcome to the Talking CX podcast. My name is Robin Miller and with me is Graham Clark.
1: Hi Graham. Hi. Hi Robin. It's good to be back.
0: Yeah, it's been a while, so it's good to have you back. And for those of you who are who are new to our podcast, I'd like to give us an orientation for where we are right now. So, we are in the middle of discussing what are the box for customer experience. Well, so we talked about uh, customer strategy and we talked about the uh, understanding your customer piece of it with the personas and journey maps and and all of that other great stuff. That was our last podcast. And this time we're going to be talking about the business operating model for CX. There are seven elements to this model. And in addition to the description, then we'll be relating a real-world example to that model so you can kind of envision how that flows. And the level at which we're going to be talking about this is pretty high level. So something to keep in mind as we go through here is that each of these steps can be Fairly simple, depending upon your business, or they can drill down to kind of add infinitum. By the time you put all of these elements together, um, which goes back to the reason of why there is this complexity. But let's go through this and just talk about what the steps are, and we're going to break those out for you. And I think we talked about this a little while, and we decided that a mortgage application would be a good example let's so let's assume that uh, we are a customer at our credit union just because I think credit unions are awesome just your credit union and you're going to apply for a mortgage and so what we're going to do is step through these building blocks as if we were applying for a mortgage so that you can see what those are going to look like in real life. So, Graham, start us off. What is the first step that we're going to take?
1: Sure. Maybe we can uh, kind of just quickly cover the seven blocks and then we'll, we'll talk about mortgages. Um, so the seven building blocks of business operating models, uh, interaction channels, uh, people and organization, processes, technology, data, Products and services, and partners, and maybe just to maybe we can uh, we can talk through those seven things, and maybe use your mortgage application um, example. And it's a great example, uh, especially credit unions. Big fan of credit unions. So um, you know we start with interaction channels. Right. So the interaction channels are the the things that the customers touch in order to do business with you. So, you know, stores and branches or member centers in the case of credit unions, websites and mobile apps and social media sites and contact centers and self-service IVRs and kiosks like ATMs and print media and radio and TV and outdoor advertisements on the side of the motorway and, you know, Internet of Things, environmental sensing devices that we see in everybody's homes these days. So those are all ways that, a business and a customer can effectively interact with or talk to each other.
0: There's one more reminder that that you live or you're from England.
1: What was my reminder? The motorway. Oh, highway. Sorry.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Oh, I'm sure it's the same operating model in <laughs> Europe that it is Auto here. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
1: I just drive faster. That's um, right. You do. <clears throat> there we go. There we go. Thank you. So uh, so, uh, so back to the mortgage application process, right? So you think about a customer looking to apply for a mortgage in the average credit union. They could walk into the member center and chat with one of the wonderful uh, banking associates that they deal with every day. They could call uh, maybe directly into the branch or they could call a call center. Um, they could go online onto a website and, uh, and in many credit unions, it start and sometimes complete the application on the website or of course on the mobile app right mobile just being a mobile version of the website they could go to a social media site like twitter and type in at my favorite credit union and type hey i want to apply for a mortgage and in many cases somebody will call them back Um, so there's lots of different ways or, or they could even go to an atm in some cases and press a button that says you know i want to apply for a mortgage and have somebody call me. I don't think you can apply to maybe there's somewhere you can apply for a mortgage on an ATM, but probably not. So, (laughs) uh, you know, lots of different ways that people can, can apply for a mortgage and even more different ways and then get information about the mortgage.
0: I don't think too many people would want to stand in front of an ATM and apply for a mortgage. That's my guess. Anyway, probably their, their mobile app would be a lot, a lot more appealing. But, so, okay, so those are interaction channels. So yeah. uh, tell us about people.
1: Right. Lots yeah. of them.
0: Lots of them. Yeah. So tell us about people and organizations.
1: Um, so people are people. Um, so, you know, people are the people that you interact with in the organization. I mean, you know, are they, what are those people doing, the roles they've got maybe? So, you know, are they, are they as we talked about, branch associates or are they, uh, contact center agents, or or are they field um, field folks who are out there, you know, in your local mall, maybe pinging customers to apply for mortgage. You don't see too too much of that. There was a lot of that before the crash in two thousand five and two thousand six, but not so much today. Thank thanks thankfully. Um, and any the organizations are the organizational units. So you may have customer service, you may have HR, you may have product development, right? I mean, there's there's a variety of organizational units. So you know, in in many cases. Um, You know, a customer will interact with people through the channel. Sometimes they don't interact with people, right? Self-service, a lot of digital service doesn't have any people involved in it, except maybe to develop the website. Um, So the people and organizations are generally the people and the groups that support the uh, the interaction of the customer through the interaction channel.
0: Well, it's going to move from one organization to another. So it could come in through customer service and move to uh, the loan department and, then uh, you know, I think they have processing, and and they have, um, they they may have a finance, uh, a finance section that's separate just for the for certain types of housing, or or who knows. But
1: yep, yep, absolutely. And and the, and the, the movement, the movement between those things, hopefully, is governed by some kind of process, which miraculously is number three, right? So. You know the activities and workflows that the business conducts in order to do for the customer what the customer would like them to do.
0: The organizational units where people interact with the customer doesn't include everything. It also can include IT and organizational units that impact that product or service that they never see or talk to.
1: Yeah, it can. I mean, we tend to, in the CX world, we tend to focus on the ones who are directly um, involved, but you're absolutely right. There's a lot of indirect people in organizations who, without which the experience doesn't work.
0: And that's, they all have to be included in the design of that experience, but that's a, that's the next conversation. So, okay. What's next? (laughs)
1: well well they don't have to be included it's just a good thing if they're all included yeah um but yeah it's a good idea if they are so we've we've talked about interaction channels and you know the the contact centers etc we talked about people and organizations that work in those interaction channels and support them the processes how things move backwards and forwards from you know application to funding to underwriting and all the other things Um, and then, uh, number four is technology, right? So increasingly in business today, you basically can't do nothing without no technology. So, um, you know, technology is, is, is the interaction channel in the case of a website or a mobile app. Um, in other cases, you walk into a a member center today and, and the person sitting on the other side of the table talking to you is usually got a computer screen turned around in front of them. Um, because, you know, then that's, it's technology running the business, but it's, you know, with a human helping. Um, I think it used to be people running the business with technology helping, but I think in many cases, it's the other way around these days. So, you know, technology is spread all the way across the organization from applications to infrastructure. Um, and, and as I'm sure you'll mention, you know, the technology itself automates many of the processes and workflows um and and the technology goes from the front part of the organization all the way to the back end kind of enterprise systems around you know loan loan product definition and the rules and regulations that are required and all the other stuff so technology is really important today and and getting more so every day
0: okay and what's
1: next uh data <clears throat> wherever you see technology you'll see data so uh you know data is the databases um about all the parts of the organization, you know, customer profiles and product definitions and rules and regulations, you know, a gazillion things. Uh, organizations are basically stand on top of a, a bed or a lake of data today. Data is data is data, you know, the bits and bytes. Information is when data has been packaged together to be useful. Right. There's an old story. I used to be in the database business and there was, you know, there was an old story of, you know, gazillions of, gazillions of of, bytes of data and no information in an organization. (laughs) So
0: I, I think, I think I've been there and seen that. So, all right. So let's see, where are we? Interaction channels, people and organizations, processes, technology, data did we cover processes i don't think i i we we talked about processes did we
1: we did you might have missed it it wasn't a very long conversation
0: (laughs) i don't think it was a conversation (laughs) are you sure you covered it because i don't i think we went from people and organization to technology
1: no 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 we went from people and organization to me saying and the processes are the activities and workflows that the business conducts in order to deliver to customers like you know, to your point, moving the mortgage application from the original application into funding and into underwriting—those may have been the exact words, in fact. But we can cover it again if you like, which I just did.
0: That's a huge element of this. These building blocks, so they're all big. I know
1: you're a process type person, so in, in addition, in addition to your enterprise architecture problem that you're getting treatment for it. I believe you have a process fixation too, so which
0: is a good thing. (laughs) Process fixation. (laughs) Somehow I don't feel like that was a compliment.
1: (laughs) Actually, it was. No, that wasn't. When people say it was not a compliment, they usually mean it was an insult, and it certainly wasn't an insult. Process fixation is a good thing. Nothing happens in business of any level of efficiency or effectiveness without processes. (laughs)
0: yeah okay um I don't think that I want to admit to having a process fixation right. but hey let's cover it again so I don't think that we we heard that but go <laughs> ahead and and um, you know talk about process
1: okay well, since, since in
0: the in context of our since, application since we, just,
1: we just covered it talking about the fact that we hadn't <laughs> yeah since we talked about it Talking about the fact that we hadn't talked about it, I talk about it for a third time. So, so the processes are the steps or the activities or the workflows, right? That the business conducts. So, in the case of a, in the case of a mortgage application, you know, you've got to obviously accept the application. Somebody types it in the website. You speak to the business, the the agent, the. Branch associate and they fill out some forms or type some stuff in, and then it, it gets you know that information gets the whisked off or the process steps off to the next person, and the next person may be some kind of you know quality reviewer, um, or it may be a computer that's doing the quality reviewing. Um, and from there, they may go to funding, as you mentioned, where you know the question is: is they there? They may go through a credit scoring department to say, you know, are we allowed to lend this much money? Um, And then, you know, somewhere through that process, they're going to go through, you know, some kind of final approval. So following those steps and knowing which step to take at which particular point in time is the processes.
0: And the uh, person who comes out to the home inspection process and the appraisal and all, yeah, there's so, uh, as everybody knows, it's kind of a long and and painful kind of a thing. But we're really, we're talking about the, yeah. We're, we're talking about a, a pretty involved process. So. Yeah,
1: so maybe I can interject. So the interesting interesting part of that, which we're not in experience design, that'll be next time, but, you know, it's it's interesting to me when somebody says things like a long and painful, right? There's your experience word. There's the way people think of mortgage applications emotionally. So. We'll talk about that next time when we talk about experience design. And obviously with a mortgage application, you know, you talked about appraisals and inspections. And, you know, it's as anybody who's applied for more than maybe one mortgage in their life, um, it can go awfully wrong at any point (laughs) in the process.
0: Well, it, it is. And the painful part is that there needs to be so much information and it has to come from a number of different uh, avenues and it's a lot for someone to pull together. But then a lot of times, and, and I think that some, in some cases, you know, that loan officers try to be that focal point that pull all of these things together. But a lot of, in a lot of cases, um, the person applying for that mortgage is the one who has to coordinate all of this and juggle all these balls Mm -hmm. in the air and make sure that they don't fall on the ground. So I think that that's kind of adds to the pain of just the general, you know, tension of, of committing to owing hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> it's kind of goes along with it. Uh, so, okay. So I think we're up to products and services.
1: Right. So, uh, so in your operating model, you know, the products and services are the things that you offer to the customers, right? If, if channels and people and processes and technology and data are the ways that you offer it, the products and services are the things that you're actually um, delivering to the customers, which may be single. They may be, um, you know, combinations of products and services. They might combine products and services that you produce and products and services that partners produce that we'll talk about in a second. Um, so, you know, products and services are you know, a lot of what people think about when they think about an individual company, you know, in the case of a mortgage, that might be, you know, what the interest rate is, the terms, flexibility, is it fixed rates? Is it arms? Is it, you know, three and ones and five and ones and eight and ones and all those things. So um, yeah, the products and services are are the, the things on your shelf if you think about it from a retail perspective. Well, you can put the things on your shelf on your website.
0: Yes, you can. That's the great thing about a website. That means in some cases you don't need shelves anymore. I think that was the original, um, idea. (laughs) And, and it's working out quite well for some people, for some organizations.
1: Right. No, no shelves, no shelves, no people, no stores. So there you go. Um, so partners. So, um, You know, basically the 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 people and organizations that aren't you, right, they're involved in your business. So you you think of a, you know, you think of a credit union, A credit union is going to have supplier partners, product partners, right? Because not every product that the credit union offers is all theirs. They may have a, you know, a mortgage partner behind them um, to define the product. Insurance, they may resell somebody else's insurance products. Um, You know, you may have partners in the, in the overall business model, right? You may outsource the underwriting process. You may um, you may outsource your call center, right? Which is not that unusual. You may outsource the people who develop your website. To the to the point you made earlier, so the average business today is not, you know, entirely um, self-contained. In fact, it's usually a pretty uh, interesting web of uh, internal and external organizations in order for a business to.
0: So to, to pull all of this together, um, our business operating model, interaction channels, people and organizations, processes, technology, data, products and services, and partners. So together, you need each one of those to make up a service of any real um, complexity like a mortgage would be. Yeah. So even if you think about something a lot simpler, even than a mortgage application, I really can't think of any examples off the top of my head that would not involve each one of these uh, elements of the business operating model. Right. Although this is a great challenge for anyone who's listening to us. Hey, if you have an example of one where you really don't need one of those things, well, please let it, Please contact us and let us know. I would love to hear about that. It it just seems to me, in this, at least in this day and age, it would be really hard to manage without any of those things. So, now, lemonade stand, perhaps. Maybe. Wouldn't need. Technology well, and data? No. no? No, no, no. Lemonade stand. Oh, tell me. Tell. How are you going to – how are you going to uh, – how do you need technology in a lemonade stand?
1: Well, well, you know you need an interaction channel. It's well, a, yeah,
0: no, no. Desk. Of
1: course. <laughs> stand your lemonade. Of course, on.
0: and you need and um, the people, and there's processes, and, and, but technology and data?
1: That's right. It depends on how sophisticated your LMA stand is, <laughs> You're really. Right? I mean, you probably you probably don't. Although, so I can I can give you a very specific example of maybe not where it has to happen. Um, although, by the way, this okay. is a great example of how a CX analyst would think. So, a CX analyst would look at a at a, an operation and say, you know, well, there's no data, right? What that says is ask yourself again, right? So, so the case of the lemonade stand that I can use as an example. So, um, so I used to used to live in Atlanta until seven years ago in in a nice neighborhood, and we had um, this was seven years ago, so pretty early on in many of the digital things we're talking about. So, we had a a member of our neighborhood whose um, daughter and I think daughter and her best friend from. I forget what sport they play basketball or volleyball or something. They put a lemonade stand mm-hmm. up on uh, on a Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And well, they advertised it on Facebook.
0: That's an interaction channel though.
1: They advertised it on Facebook. So the promotion of the lemonade stand was on Facebook. That's
0: tech. technically and it's tech it's, and data. I would argue I would argue that's an interaction channel. Social media is an interaction channel Be- because because it's not it's not your Because it's not your technology and it's not your data.
1: The interaction channel itself is a combination of the channel and the data and the technology and even the people. If you walk into a member center in your credit union, the interaction channel is the member center. It includes human beings. It includes computers that they're using. It includes applications potentially includes processes so the most important thing is that the customer looks at the business through the interaction channel but the interaction channels themselves contain many of these components in order to be successful so it's i mean it doesn't really matter at the end of the day other than to understand that it's not these are not independently operating attributes of the business operating model they're all mashed together And in today's world, that mashing gets more and more integrated. Mm -hmm.
0: So, so there you go. Um, I don't, I, I put out that idea for a challenge out there, but you know, when it comes right down to it, I think that Graham is going to come up with a way to include all of these, no matter what it is. So, but Hey, please feel free to, to give it a, to give it a whirl and, and um, explain why you think maybe one of these would not be would not apply to your business example and this lays a good foundation for our next conversation which is going to be about designing customer experience which you need to use all of these elements for 98 99% of businesses that you're going to put together so that should be a really interesting conversation coming up next and in the meantime, like I said, we'd love to hear from you, love to hear your thoughts and ideas about what we just discussed. How do you see it? What's the most important element of the business operating model from your perspective? And you can contact us at info at You can call us at 833-482-5529. Ask to speak to Graham. He'll be happy to take your call. And you can contact us at TalkingCX on Twitter. And until next time, remember, do CX right.
1: And do it right now.
0: Okay, thanks everybody. See you next time.